Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Okay, everybody, good evening, good good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. I'd like to welcome you to week number three, and it's great to be here. I hope that uh, you find tonight's class, well, let's just say informative, exciting, and eye-opening. So Adventures in Gravity, this is a very important topic. And I want to spend some time discussing the connection between our inner ear and our eye. The ear-eye connection, or better known as the vestibular visual connection. So the vestibular system is part of our, our ear auditory anatomy and specifically we're talking about the inner ear. The inner ear is critically important in our ability to orient in the world and it is very connected to our our eyes and a lot of the situations that you have going on could be at some level connected to the vestibular issues that we all go through. So in this first slide, I define the vestibular system as the inner ear and it's made up of the, they're like little stones or bones in the inner ear. We have the labyrinth and we have the ear receptors. And it's these ear receptors that send information via the auditory nerve to a part of the brain called the cerebellum. And the cerebellum is also known as the little brain. And the cerebellum is responsible for our coordination, our precision and timing of movements, as well as motor learning. And if you watch the video that I sent you on week three, there's a bilateral integration where you're moving your arms and your legs and your head and your eyes. That is activating the connection between your vestibular system and your cerebellum. Now, part of the receptors that send information from the auditory nerve also go to another part of the brain called the survival brain. Now, the survival brain, we touched into that in week one with the Moro reflex, the starfish. The Moro is part of our startle response. And the brainstem is the part of our, our brain that helps us navigate the fight, flight, freeze response. And you may recall that in the hierarchy of brain function, we start off operating from our reptilian brain, the survival brain. Then we move to the cerebellum. 
And then finally, we move to the frontal brain called the cerebral cortex. So if we move on, the receptors in these two brain centers, meaning the cerebellum and the brainstem, actually then send information both to the eye muscles and to our cerebral cortex. Now, the function of the cerebral cortex, it's been known as our higher brain center, and it's designed for things like perception, sensation, memory, associations, thought, and voluntary physical action. Some have coined it the executive brain function, but you can see how involved the vestibular system is in our overall uh, brain health. Now the vestibular system is a sensory system that is responsible for providing our brain with information <clears throat> about motion, head position, spatial orientation, that's our depth perception. It's also involved in other motor functions that help us stabilize our head and body during movement. It's also important in our balance and our posture. Thus the vestibular system is essential for our normal movement and equilibrium. And just a side note here, because some of you have asked questions about astigmatism, that a lot of times astigmatism occurs when there's an irregularity in our posture or head position. So let's say we, we might tilt our head to one side or the other, or we have a tight set of neck muscles. This can be the start of astigmatism that will show up in the eye. And of course, then the eye doctor is correcting you for the astigmatism. So it's embedding that, that postural dysfunction that we start moving into. So that's creating that irregular blur where the muscles in the eye are not working equally. And one set of muscles may be working more than another. And this creates the cylinder, the axis of astigmatism in our visual field. So this again is another validation on how astigmatism many times starts in the body. And the eye doctor is just embedding it in the eye by measuring it and giving you a lens. But the vestibular system is very connected to our, to our overall eye prescription. And I'll get to that in a minute. Now there's a test that practitioners use. I've used it quite a bit. It's called the vestibular ocular reflex test. And this particular test measures the hookup between the eyes and the inner ear. And it's done by spinning three times in each direction with eyes open and then with eyes closed and then having the practitioner shine a, a small pen light into the eyes to see oscillating movements. We call this nystagmus movements. And the nystagmus movements should last between 10 to 15 seconds. If they last less than 10 seconds, this suggests an underacting vestibular system. If more than 15 seconds, then this is an overacting vestibular system. Now, what I have found in testing 10,000, 20,000 patients is that the majority of people are in an underacting vestibular system kind of a, a situation. I would call it vestibular insufficiency. And the only times I really see an overacting vestibular system, if somebody has just had 
a trauma. So let's bring in some of the, the issues that you may be dealing with. Let's start first with myopia. Myopia, wearing progressive lenses, being overcorrected, whether you're nearsighted or farsighted, teaches our eyes and brain to suppress our peripheral vision. This may be the most important piece of information I give you tonight. And that is, is that our peripheral vision is one of the keys that develops an underacting vestibular system. And you know how you can measure your vestibular system is to balance with eyes open on each foot and see how long you do that. You should be able to do that for maybe about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and then do the same balance with your eyes closed. And invariably, you'll probably fall over within five to 10 seconds. So that tells you the vestibular system, which takes over when your eyes are closed, is underacting. And through all our screen time and other things, we develop a, a suppression in our peripheral vision, and this begins to shut down our vestibular function. And this is why things like the exercise glasses, you know, where you're wearing the opposite prescription and it makes things really blurry and you might feel disoriented or uncomfortable. Actually, what that's doing is it's expanding your peripheral vision so it turns on the vestibular system. So blur is your ally in turning on the vestibular system. Wearing the eye patch and playing with each eye is another way to start turning on the vestibular system. Because you see what happens is, is when your vestibular system is underacting, your eyeballs take over the whole show and they're overacting. Unfortunately, when they're overacting, they begin to deteriorate from all the stress that we put into our eyes to try to orient, balance, have equilibrium, and so on and so forth. So I just said about balance with eyes closed, this is a way to start to turn the vestibular system back on. And the way you do it is you practice balancing on one foot with, with the eyes closed for 30 seconds. So it eventually feels effortless. So you stand on your right foot, then you stand on your left foot. And your focus needs to be internally at about your belly button. In fact, you can put your hands on your belly button and this can actually um, give you the, the anchor that you need in order to be able to develop a healthy vestibular system. And I'm willing to bet that the majority of you, when you try to balance on each foot with eyes closed, you're unable to do it for 30 seconds, which says that your vestibular system is underacting and your visual system is doing all the work. All right, so what are some of the remedies that you can do to start boosting your vestibular function? Obviously the exercises that I've showed you, but the diet is so important. You know, Meniere's disease, 
I don't know if anybody has Meniere's disease, but if you suffer dizziness, vertigo, disorientation, I find improving the diet is one of the best ways to start to reduce the, uh, these kinds of symptoms. So we're talking omega-3 fatty acids, foods that contain riboflavin have been found to actually boost vestibular health. And these would be foods like spinach, chard, mushrooms. Boost your magnesium levels. You know, 75% of the, the culture due to soil depletion is not getting magnesium. Take your magnesium in the evening and uh, it'll help you sleep and it'll boost many, many functions on a cellular level. But most people are deficient in magnesium. Vitamin D3 is so important on so many levels. You know, it's a pro-hormone that really is helpful for your immune system. And if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, most likely in the, in the winter time, you're not getting enough vitamin D3 anyway. And it's so important for your immune health, but it's also very important for your vestibular health. And then there's certain foods like asparagus, red beets, squash, carrots, you know, the rainbow diet. Make sure you're getting plenty of those based on what, you know, what you can get locally. And finally, boost your microbiome. You know, if you're suffering low to moderate grade inflammation, it's going to affect the inflammatory response in the nerves. And this is also going to create static between the vestibular system and the brain. So it's another reason why we can develop um, vestibular issues. Cranial sacral, acupuncture, Feldenkrais have also been helpful for reducing vestibular dysfunction. Obviously the functional vision exercises that I'm showing you and that we're going to do tonight and you're gonna do this week can be helpful. Aromatherapy. So next week, we're gonna be spending, doing a deep dive on aromatherapy. And there's certain essential oils that actually are very supportive in improving vestibular function. Your color therapy, especially the green, blue, green, blue, and violet. I would do two to five minutes of each of those colors every day, maybe twice a day. This is very calming for your nervous system, for your brain. It actually opens up your peripheral vision. So it's, a, it's an effective uh, therapy that can support vestibular health. And then again, as I repeat, reducing inflammation, toxicity, learning to self-regulate, balance the autonomic nervous system. These are things that are really important because your stress level is going to make the vestibular system work uh, in a more dysfunctional way. Okay, so I got a ton of questions on different, different you know, syndromes and maladies. So I think I wanna review a couple of slides before I get to your Q&A. Why are our eyes letting us down? Well, in this particular slide, as you can see, the, the eye is made up of an incredible concentration 
of microcapillary blood vessels. And as we age, we lose our circulation ability. And again, it can be due to a variety of different things, visual stress, trauma, toxicities, systemic imbalances, endocrine imbalances, whatever it is, we are creating a starvation and a lack of nourishment on a cellular level, a level in the eyes. So eventually this is gonna to lead to oxidative stress, which then is going to create pathologies in the eyes, dry eye, cataracts, macular degeneration, or just an overall deterioration every year when you go to your eye doctor. So what we're trying to create in this class is eye tissue regeneration. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the Eye Clarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.